0: Hello, everyone. It is 7 a.m. on the west, excuse me, on the east coast of the United States, 9 p.m. in Melbourne, and I welcome you to the live episode of A Yank on the Footy for June the 8th of 2021. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm so glad that you're listening. Well, I changed things up a little bit with this uh, live episode this week because I've, uh, for those of you who don't know, I am a school teacher by trade, and uh, our school year ended this past Friday with our last staff day and we are uh we're on our summer break for the next nine to ten weeks so I think that I'm going to take this approach with uh doing the live episode this way uh which I think might allow more people to possibly tune into the show than than otherwise would be able to do so when I'm doing them in the evenings at my time, which was 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning, which wasn't always conducive to people in Australia. So a little bit of a stuffy nose this morning, but uh, we're going to muddle through that. I'm so glad that you could uh, to join in today and, and listen in. We're going to dig into some of the big issues of the day. And uh, well, to say that these issues are not big would be, well, maybe a lie, quite frankly, because huge news broke out earlier this morning on uh on tuesday morning in in australia and I, maybe it was monday evening but uh we're going to get into a couple of those things right there we're going to look at the uh, the games from this past week we're going to touch on the games coming up forward this week as we move uh, as we move ahead into round 13 i do ask that you uh check out the uh the website yankonthefooty.com you can find all my blog posts there you can get on the mailing list for the podcast there if you'd like to do that you can also uh leave a review for the podcast that would be a huge help if you would consider doing that if you like what i'm doing be great if you take a couple moments and, and, and share a review there which allows me to then share that out on social media and let other people know what uh what you're thinking of the show i do also uh invite you to check out the buy me a coffee page if you if you want to help out the podcast that's great uh you don't have to do that of course but if you're interested in and helping out the show and making it uh sustainable if you will that would be fantastic you also have a couple uh items up in the uh, store page on breadbubble and i have a couple in the works i actually uh ran into a gentleman who's a fan of the show last evening who is a graphic designer and i just mentioned that uh I had a couple different designs that I was interested in, in taking a look at or trying to work on. And he said, well, let me see what I can do. So I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing what, what he can do and seeing if we can work, work out a deal on those. And uh, definitely will want to promote the heck out of his work. If, if some of the things that I saw online yesterday are uh, attributable to him, he's a pretty darn good designer. So really looking forward to seeing what, what he has uh, available. And I will definitely promote the heck out of it for him as well. So don't forget, you can uh, reach me at a yankonthefooty.com. As I mentioned, you can find me at yank underscore on on Twitter, a yank on the on Instagram and on Facebook. And you can always reach me at a at gmail.com. Now, before we uh, dive into the episode, uh, the episode's uh, local footy club or organization is the Noosa Tigers from the Noosaville area on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. They were formed in 1970, and uh, they field teams in both the men's and women's seniors as well as uh, younger players in the junior level. They play in the QAFL. If I'm not mistaken, the men's senior club won the premiership in 2019 and 2020. So it's uh, great that they're able to, uh, to be playing. They play their home games at the Rococo Oval, and I'll have the uh, links to their website and their Instagram page in the show notes. So best of luck to the news of Tigers as they go forward this year. Now, quite a few things going on in the uh, the footy world over the last 24 hours, over the last, even the last 36 hours. And, you know, when I sit down to map out where I'm going to go with this live episode, I think to myself, okay, what am I going to talk about this week? And generally I have reviews of the games to get into that type of thing but yesterday was was a day where the story kind of just came to me of course and it was it was one that i was uh i'm not surprised by what happened i'm very much saddened by what i saw happening with this though and the news broke that uh swans legend adam goods who you know full disclosure mr good's career had ended before i started watching footy but from what i have seen of his abilities as a player he was a phenomenal phenomenal player with the swans and from what I have been able to gather over my time watching he and I have not seen the documentary that was done about him. I do want to see that, but I have not seen that as of yet. I was, I was saddened to see the events from yesterday, but uh hearing what he dealt with uh as a player and as a man was, was, was very sad to me. And I, uh you know, many societies around the country around the world deal with issues of uh of racism on a on a fairly regular basis and sometimes it is it's it's true racism sometimes it's uh you know people argue that well maybe it's being foisted upon the uh the citizenry by people who want to maintain control uh but it's uh you know people in the government but just to hear some of the things that Mr. Goods had gone through as a player and, and, and as a man is, is like I said, it's really saddening. And for those of you who haven't seen the story, uh, he was unanimously nominated to a spot in the AFL or the Footy Hall of Fame. I'm not exactly sure the, the proper vernacular. I believe it's the AFL or the Australian Rules Football Hall of Fame. And he has turned down that nomination. And... I completely understand why he's doing this, and it is. Uh, I, I I I get it. It's 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 saddening. It's saddening that he has had to do this, but the fact that he that that he had to endure what he endured just to do his job, just to entertain people. Now again, some of the people he was entertaining were were opponents' fans who were not necessarily thrilled with the way he was playing because he was defeating their team, but. You're allowed to, you know, certainly boo a player because, you know, you want your team to win. I, I have no problem with that. Trust me, I I loathe the Baltimore Ravens here in the United States. I I I cannot stand them. I cannot stand them because that club was the Cleveland Browns at one time, and it was moved from Cleveland to Baltimore. Browns were reconstituted later on. I cannot stand the Ravens. So if you're listening in the United States, I'm a, I've am been a Browns fan for over a half century and I respect the Pittsburgh Steelers. Doesn't mean I have to like them, but I respect the way that organization does business. I hate the Ravens. I hate them. Okay. But not the individual people. Just, I just don't like that organization. I don't want to see them win and they keep winning, which makes it even more frustrating. But back to Adam Goods. I, they pull up a couple of little things that I'd seen here. Yeah. Uh, he, he states that he uh, decides he does not want to go in, according to the AFL.com.au website. Uh, the commission chair, uh, Richard Goiter, said he understands and respects Good's decision to decline induction to the Hall of Fame, uh, to the Australian Hall of Fame. Okay, so I guess it's, it's more of a general rather than specific there. You know, he played 372 games. He was a fantastic player from everything that I have read. And it is certainly within his right to say, you know what, I uh, I don't want to be part of this. And uh, it looks like the uh, AFL had planned to announce that the 2021 inductees had a function on June the 22nd, but last week postponed both naming of this year's intake and the event itself after Victoria was again placed in an indefinite lockdown. Uh, according to Goiter, Adam had asked the AFL to wait before announcing his decision, which has now been made public separately. And Adam was clear; he did not want to. He did not want his decision to detract to detract from the uh, moment for the twenty twenty one employees. So, or not employees, inductees. Okay. So, while he is making a, a stand against the league, and from what everything that I've gathered, and maybe you can help me out with this. And I and I did a little survey, and I'm going to dig into this in just a moment here from everything that I've gathered, the, the league did not really do a whole heck of a lot to back up Adam Goods. They did not do a whole lot to support him when he was dealing with the things that he was dealing with. Okay, now, there were countless indigenous players in the league before Adam Goods came along, and there have been many since. You know, this is, you know, for those of you who are not aware, here in the United States, when Major League Baseball broke the color barrier, you had Jackie Robinson as the first player with the Brooklyn Dodgers back in 19, the early 1950s, I believe. Might even have been later than that, actually. Or earlier than that, I should say. And the uh, the situation there was, you know, again... The racism was rampant. We're still, you know, we were still a very segregated country at that point in time. And a few months later, Larry Doby uh, playing for the Cleveland Indians, the team that I on on the periphery support. Now, I haven't watched them play in two years, but uh, that's a, that's been my team forever. And and footy has supplanted that he came in and as a the first African-American player in the. Uh, in the American League, but they put up with with hatred and angst and just vitriol that that people shouldn't have to put up with and this was in i guess the late 40s early 50s that that they were dealing with this and jackie robinson wanted to to push back against it but the organization basically said if you push back too hard this is going to make it more difficult for the next player that comes along to do it so he he pretty much had to just stand there and take it and and not be able to you know, and it and it it really aided him. this is guy this guy was a military officer. He was a phenomenal track athlete in college. this this kid was this kid a kid, he's much older than I am, of course, was a phenomenal athlete, but he died at a relatively young age. and i I think part of it was akin to the the stress that he had to deal with in his young life. and like i said i'm 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 really saddened to see what has happened to Mr. Goods, and I put a uh, a little note out um yesterday on uh, twitter and on my my facebook postings and i i i wanted to know what <clears throat> what people thought about the state of the game today with regards to uh, racism what their what their you know was adam goods right in his uh, decision to not take a spot in the hall of fame what their fondest memories of him happen to be as well cuz i you know i this should have a positive spin on it Even though he's not going to be taking a spot in the Hall of Fame, he is a Hall of Fame player. He has earned that right to be classified as that. Now, there's that technicality of him not being in the Hall of Fame when that induction takes place, of course. But he, through his play, has earned that right to say, I am a Hall of Fame player. And as such, you know, I decided not to be part of this. But, you know, when I look at this survey, let me pull up the results here. I had twenty four people respond to it, so not a huge turnout. and i I posted this in the uh, in one of the Swan's Facebook groups as well yesterday and and got some anecdotal responses from them. and you know if if you didn't see it there uh, on Facebook, I put on there, I said, you know, Swan supporters, I'd love to get your thought on this very sad situation uh, that he's rejected his position in the Hall of Fame. and you know, I had somebody here describe him as a man of principles. Uh, he has every right to reject the Hall of Fame induction. Can you imagine the backlash he will get if he accepted it? It's all slowly getting put to bed, and this will just blow it all out again. No one deserves the treatment he got, nor the treatment he would receive. So that's a, that's an interesting point. And I, and I guess I, I wonder, would would his induction to the Hall of Fame, would this bring back to the surface the the angst or I guess we have to call it hatred that was being directed towards him. again, I didn't watch him play. So I I'm, I'm kind of wondering what you think about this going forward, because it's, uh, it's a, it's, this is a very delicate subject. This is a subject that is, uh, you know, I don't want to say the, you know, the wrong thing. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not trying to alienate anyone here, but you know, I wonder if, if he had, uh, You know, if he had taken the induction, would people be giving him a hard time for having done that? You know, someone someone then followed that statement up, said, I completely agree with you about the backlash. I dare say he thought this was the best decision is to not open himself up to the court of public opinion again. So. That may very well be the case, or that may very well, you know, he may be thinking to himself. You know, I'm not I'm not happy with the way the league did not back me up, so I'm not going to give them the satisfaction of having my face on a plaque or my name listed somewhere as being part of the the hall of fame. Then somebody said, uh, what do you think this will gain for Adam? Are you trying to put pressure on him? He's entitled to reject a hall of fame nomination and I don't blame him. Please leave this be. Hopefully Adam will come back to some role in the AFL, but he'll do it on his own time. This knockback by Goodsey is the biggest statement yet and shows the AFL that it fails. It falls incredibly short as an organization when it comes to integrity, sound principles, respect and genuine care for the people who make this game possible. These things are all compromised when it comes to protecting their, their own skins, the boys club and the brand. (laughs) Funny you mentioned that, that looks like that's going to be a great book, by the way, never do that. Did they think that the documentation on Adam Goods would expose them with such a raw presentation of, of those times. Now they face further exposure for who they, who they, for who and what they have been, and are are uh and still are with the recent release of The Boys Club written by Michael Warner and just a quick sidebar there I I saw that uh peps from lace out podcast did an interview with Michael Warner the author of that new book so you may want to check that out uh and they finish up with I stand with Adam and you know what Adam and what Adam endured should never be allowed simply to be swept under the carpet a brave and exemplary career ended in horror and despair for him the bullying and racism and in, in the AFL left him to suffer was beyond shocking, a horrible example to set uh, Australians everywhere. So, yeah, I, and I'm not going to read any more of those there, but there were another dozen or so comments on their site. And I, I did a little Google form, a little questionnaire, kind of the same kind of documentation I use to ask questions of my students at school from time to time. And I, and I asked them, I said, you know, I got 24 responses on this. So again, not a scientific survey at all. And I and I probably should have done a better job of asking this question, but I, I thought to myself, once I saw the story broke, I wanted to get some some raw information or data from people that might uh, that might want to get involved with this. So, but I asked the question: Is Adam Good's uh, right to reject his position in the Hall of Fame? There were twenty four responses. Twenty one of the twenty four people said yes that they were that he was. Three people said they were unsure. Okay, so three people said they were unsure. And 21 out of the 24 said, yes, they were. He was right to do so. And uh, the follow-up question that I asked was, do you believe that racism is still prevalent in footy today? And this was, this was the one that I was, I was actually a little shocked by same result. 21 out of the 24 people said yes. And three said maybe, or unsure. Now, I look at that and I think to myself, I didn't do a very good job of wording that question. Okay, I could have worded that a little better because I didn't ask a follow-up. I should have asked the question, where is it still prevalent? Or can you give me an example? And leave it at as an open-ended question to allow them to provide examples of that. Because that would have given a little bit more evidence, if you will, or a little bit more information as to what people were thinking uh, as to where this is coming from. because. With that being, is it still prevalent today? I haven't really, by asking that question, I haven't narrowed down where that is. Is it, is it coming from the clubs? Is it coming from, you know, fans? I, I, and again, I'm not, I'm, this is not accusatory to anybody. I'm just wondering where it's coming from because I, I don't, I don't really know where those folks that said yes are saying that it, that it is being attributed. So I, I wonder as far as that goes where, where this is coming from. So, uh, but some of the responses, I, I you know, I asked uh, I asked a, fo- a couple follow-up open-ended questions. Uh, what are your memories of Adam Goods? And uh, brave and brilliant football footballer who achieved much on and off the field. Great footballer, absolute champion, and even greater human being. Uh, the passion when we won the 2012 Grand Final and be, just being a star in general. Amazing player, unfortunate end. And again, that's why I need to go back and watch this documentary, because it sounded like that all of this came to like a culminating event or a series of culminating events at the end of his career, where this, this angst that was being directed towards him kind of came to a head towards the end of his career. So it, it, and I guess this is maybe my night na- naivete. So, if, you know, if you want to, you know, share um a message with me or something of that nature to let me know what, uh, what, what you think, or if you want to come on the show again, remember if you want to hop on the show, drop your email on the, uh, message board here and my message board is not refreshing for some reason so it says i have four or five new messages but they're not showing up on the screen yeah i'd love to get you on there so if you uh if you're interested in coming on i would love to learn more about this because again i don't know exactly the specifics of what happened towards the end of his career that left this chasm between the game him and maybe the fans outside of sydney okay uh somebody said a humble man, amazing player who just wanted to be the best footballer he could be, but was denied by the AFL boys club being unwilling or unable to care about cracking down on systemic racism in the game. He was a role model mentor and a fantastic player. Uh, the most versatile player probably ever His 2012 grand final playing on one leg was iconic watching him from when he was a raw, raw young kid in the swans reserves. It was obvious that he would be developing into the great player that he was great bloke and player. So, uh, You know, it's, it's interesting that, that folks have all these different thoughts about him. So there, there are, there are positive thoughts about, about this gentleman. And I, and I, you know, I have seen small snippets of interviews, but I've not, like I said, I've not seen the documentary that was done. I need to find that. But he seems to be just a a decent, decent guy and, and something must have happened that, that led to all of this going on. Uh, but you know I I just really wonder how we go about repairing this if at all. You know and again we may not get to the point where he is willing to accept his position in the Hall of Fame. He he can, you know, live out the the rest of his life productively and and know, you know what, I had a Hall of Fame career, but those folks that 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 treated me the way that they did, I'm not going to give them the satisfaction of 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 doing this and allowing them to come in so they can you know rehash their their angst towards me so you know i asked a couple things here i said the last question i asked on there i said are there any ideas that you may have on how we might work to uh towards limiting racism in the game now this could be in you know not just in footy but this could be in 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 any game or even in any setting okay yeah yeah and we're we're battling this uh we're battling this thing here in the United States right now. Uh, And again, I don't want to get into the politics of it, but there's, there's a huge battle going on uh, that uh, through something called critical race theory and to, to boil it all down. It it basically, it, it comes out to say that skin color is, is more important than anything else. Uh, and it kind of alludes to the fact that, that if you're Caucasian, that, that you're inherently racist, that you, that you're just by the fact that you're Caucasian, you must be racist, that type of thing. And it's, some places are beginning to institute this in schools and, uh, parents in some cases are pushing back. Some States have said, we're not going to have that in our schools. The state of Florida did that just recently. You know, I'm not going to delve any further into that, but just, just to let you know, this is not an Australia thing. This this kind of issue is is out and about all over the world. Okay, so this is not something that's just happening in in Australia. Okay, so uh, this is an interesting idea. So I, as I said, is there anything we could do towards limiting racism in the game? Somebody wrote the most important thing we can do is celebrate Indigenous culture. Wear Indigenous shirts every round. Have welcome to country and smoking ceremonies in the start of every game, especially get rid of the national anthem at grand final games and have have the welcome to country instead. I've loved having Mitch Tambo videos playing during Swans games. Let's celebrate more of our indigenous brothers' incredible talents in all walks of life during our games. Have a team based in Darwin and uh, more games up there. Televised a grand final in the Tiwi Islands. Now, that's interesting because... one i guess i didn't realize that the grand final was not going to be aired in on the tiwi islands Uh, that was interesting uh and they finished out start start a campaign to get adam goods elected to parliament preferably as an independent uh make us make australia less racist make uh the afl have a zero tolerance it's systemic and it's going to take years now here's the question i guess i have to ask if this racism is is still there if it's still prevalent is the uh, is it coming from the other players? I I don't think that's the case because you know I I see a a brotherhood or a sisterhood depending on if it's the AFL or the AFLW. It looks like that group of twenty two or twenty three players out there on the ground absolutely love one another and they have a great deal of respect for one another. So I you know I don't know if I would say that it's there. Okay, and and maybe I'm wrong on that, but I don't think I'm wrong on that but the uh the fact that the uh the report came out with Collingwood earlier in the year and and there are things that are happening with that and i I did find a copy I did get a copy of that book the 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 Boys Club on my Kindle and I've started reading that I'm not not very far into it yet. I can't wait to get into that a little bit further just because this is going to help me with learning a little bit of the history about the game. Is it something that still comes from some fans is this something where You know, people can call out, um, their fans and, and somebody here is not a big Eddie McGuire fan, uh, crack down on it. It isn't hard to introduce a zero policy, zero tolerance policy, both in media and policed on ground, but the AFL won't do it well. And I'm not going to use the descriptive term, but that, well, Eddie is still so prominent. Okay. Uh, you you'll never eliminate it just just as you can't eliminate any form, any form of vilification it will always be there but you can learn how to deal with it better uh it's very hard because there's so much uh ill feeling towards uh our indigenous brothers and sisters right across the board people should take a step back and think about how great our game would look if we weren't blessed with the great skills shown by them over the years basically saying you know that if the indigenous population of players were not in the game that the game would be suffering for it. And I, and I completely agree with that. I agree. I complete with that completely. We have to teach uh, kids at school, that racism isn't good. The old racists have to learn as well. And that's kind of an interesting statement right there. You know, is, is, uh, is this something that, that we can get past that we can, uh, we can. Evolve from. And <clears throat> this is one of the things that I'm really looking forward to, uh, If you haven't, I'm going to plug my most recent episode and the upcoming episode of my podcast. Uh, If you haven't listened to the interview that I did with Orville Gibson, I put the first half of that out yesterday. I called him a hero in that episode, and I I think he is. And in the second half of the episode, it's just it—the stories he's telling are absolutely fascinating. To how one of his family members almost changed the course of the 20th century, World War II might not have happened. If one of his family members had slightly better vision. And I'm not kidding about that. So just a quick plug on that. Hopefully you'll, you'll check out that part two of that episode when I finish getting it edited and getting out there, but bottom line, you know, I, I feel for Adam goods. It's uh, it's, it's horrible what he's had to endure. I think I completely understand the decision he's made as to why he's not choosing for choosing to take induction into the hall of fame. I get it, okay. i i don't uh, I don't begrudge him that in any way, okay. Now, a couple of the other stories out there, you know, of course, you you've got the battle going on right now for the Magpies presidency. I don't know where that's going to go. I don't know enough about these gentlemen, but it sounds like the board, you know, and this is kind of an interesting dovetail going from talking about Adam Goods to going to the Magpies there, uh, which you know, of course, led to Eddie McGuire stepping down earlier in the year. But, uh, you know, you got Mark Corda and Jeff Brown who are battling for the position. And, you know, I don't have a clue where this is going to go, but it's going to make for a lot of airtime for the footy shows, for the other podcasts. And once I get a little bit more up to speed on this, I'm sure I'm going to be talking about it as well. But uh, it sounds like they're trying to you know, bring on a, a, a permanent president as opposed to just the interim one that's there. Uh, You know, I, I, I wonder also about, uh, you know, where this is going to lead that club. Are they going to end up tearing down more than they already have? You know, I've, I've heard rumblings that possibly they may look to, to move Jordan to goey this off season and uh, we'll see what happens there. Now, you know, the other, big story that and this is another one that broke yesterday was uh and if you're a Carlton supporter I, I I apologize for wording this this way but is this is this the uh, and I I'm certainly not describing this gentleman this way but it's kind of the the analogy um longtime assistant John Barker has stepped away from the club he's resigned effective immediately he's been with the club for 10 years is, is uh is the handwriting on the wall here? Uh, are the blues and and I hate this bad pun here, but I'm going to use it anyway. Are they suffering from coaching fatigue? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a second there to go ahead and facepalm. Okay. Uh, Yeah. You got to wonder that that, that's a talented club. You can't, you you can't deny that the rebuild that's been going on since I've been following the game. Has been, you know, has brought in some some talented players, but they've just not gotten it done out on the ground. I mean, they're what four and eight right now, I believe. Yeah, I think they're four and eight right now, and uh, they're already all the way down on fourteenth on the uh, the ladder, having dropped four out of the last five. You know, so I wonder if David Teague is going to hold on to his job. Now I, I saw somebody and it was not a, uh, an article. It was just somebody had posted a link and I've not seen anything about this since then, but somebody posted a link on Twitter saying that Ross Lyon was going to be taking over effective immediately. I I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case. You know, I, I think if they're, if they're going to be bringing in a new coach, they would, you know, they may dismiss the senior coach right now and then go with an interim coach the rest of the way. But, uh, I don't think that they would be bringing in somebody off the street as an interim coach. They would probably have somebody that's on the staff finish out the season. I would imagine, you know, cause yeah, you know, for us, Lyon decides he's, he's ready to move back into coaching and away from his gigs on television. He's probably not going to want to jump in mid season. At least yeah, I wouldn't think that he would. And maybe his uh, TV contract would preclude him from doing that. So, you know, I, I wonder if that's, if that's going to be the case because it's a, uh, it's gonna be a uh a, you know, a, a difficult uh offseason for the blues because they're they're gonna have to retool here. I I think that you know, with as much talent as they have, they have they have underperformed. And I think blues supporters would probably agree with that. I think I read that they were what 0-7 versus teams in the top eight? Which, you know, they I guess that says then that uh, they've played seven of their first 12 games against you know, top eight uh, clubs. So they're playing good competition. They just haven't been able to get over the hump yet against them. So I wanted to look back at a couple of the games in this past week and look at at a few things and then get into my tips for this week. Uh, You know, the Swan Saints game was, was a great game. And you could argue that the Saints outplayed this one. You could certainly make that argument. And you know, you have to feel a little bad for Jack Higgins. I mean, he had a lot of opportunities to you know, to put points on the board and he struggled. He you know, he kicked one goal six and and just with my um just before my uh my observation as somebody who's new to the game, it looked it looked to me like jack higgins was rushing through his run up on a couple of his kicks it looked like he was do he was trying to go through it in a hurry maybe more so than what he had done previously and uh and and i don't know if that led to him missing a couple of his kicks again i'm not making those kicks because i'm i'm an old fat guy but uh he uh i thought he rushed a couple of them and you know i i it so you know, the Swans got the win, you know, Buddy is on continuing his march towards a thousand goals. You know, we let's move on to the, to the next game here. We've got, you know, the, the uh Crows and the Magpies and uh the, the Crows had some opportunities, of course, you know, Taylor Walker kicked, uh, I think two goals, six. Um But wow, Jamie Elliott was, Jamie Elliott was impressive in his first game back in a couple of months. 5 goals in the first half, 6 overall. That was uh that was an impressive impressive rebound there and coming back. But you know, you I think we saw a glimpse of what Collingwood could be in the future. You know, we saw some we saw some young players and I'm going to get into that in in my tips here in just a moment, but there's an old song Oh, gosh, Uh, the band by the name of Timbuk3 instead of Timbuk2. uh, The song was uh, The Future's So Bright I've Got to Wear Shades. I'll post a link to the YouTube video, and it's kind of a a little eclectic video there, uh, way before your time if you're under the age of 30, or probably 40 for that matter. But we saw some glimpses of what Collingwood could be with some of the young players. Like I said, I'll get into those before uh, before the tips here. You know, and then I wanted to get into you. The other game I wanted to address was the uh the Essendon enrichment game. And. Wow, was that one heck of a matchup? That was a. That was, to me, kind of like a heavyweight boxing match or MMA fight, if you will. I know MMA is a little bit more prevalent and I'm watching a big spider crawl across my television right now. I have my computer linked up to the television and he just fell off somewhere. Oh well. As long as it's not going in my coffee. Uh yeah, the Richmond Essen game was an absolute slugfest. And I have to applaud the bombers for for battling back the way that they did. But you know, they lost David Zaharakis. They lost uh Andy McGrath for what looks like 10 to 12 weeks with a PCL injury. You know they I think they ran themselves out of uh not out of shape but out of energy for that game so they they uh richmond was in many ways and i and i love this and i came up with this analogy for something else that it was kind of like uh watching clubs when they 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 come back from such a far you know a deep deficit that it's kind of like watching uh sylvester stallone in rocky three when he's uh fighting against clubber lang mr t's character where Clubber Lang is just out there, you know, pounding on him through the early rounds of the fight. And, uh, the people in his corner are saying that, you know, well, he's, you know, he's getting beaten, you know, and he's, you know, no, he's just getting mad. And, uh, and he comes back and, and storms back to win the fight in the last couple of rounds, which is what Richmond did. And, you know, I, yeah, I wonder though, and I've, if you're a bomber supporter, and I know I've got one on the line, who's going to be coming on here in just a moment, uh, do you worry about big games like this and uh anti mcdonald tipm woody cuz he didn't he seemed to disappear a little bit in this game and and maybe that was just an effective defensive job that, that the tigers did on him but there was there was not a lot of uh not a lot of activity from <laughs> from this, from this young man in this game. And, and he normally, you know, he normally is pretty reserved in terms of the number of touches he gets, but when he gets, when he gets the ball in his hands, he usually does something with them with it. So I was a little, I was a little concerned about that. And maybe if he'd gotten more involved that you might've seen a little bit, a little bit better result there. And, and, you know, I, I, are we, are we watching, in richmond again you know richmond I, I i've said this from the outset and a lot of other people have as well until somebody drives a stake through richmond's heart using that vampire analogy they're not done and richmond is telling us that right now they're reminding us of that fact right now they've climbed from eighth now up to uh well they're still at eighth in the, on the ladder but uh i don't think they're going to be there for long because i have a feeling they're going to jump up to at least seventh this week because they've got uh Well, they're probably going to jump up to seventh because they've got West Coast this week. And just to give you a little hint of my tips, I have them beating the Eagles. But is the student becoming the master with regards to to Shea Bolton and Dusty Martin? Because Shea Bolton is starting to, uh, to do Dusty Martin things. And he is a free agent at the end of this year and has an opportunity to go play where he'd like and I saw somebody mention uh, in one of the uh, discussions and I it might have been David King uh, that mentioned it that and I, I may be misattributing that you know they said you know why not go back to Richmond at you know 600,000 or 700,000 or 800,000 dollars as opposed to going somewhere else where you may not have a shot at winning a premiership for a million dollars. As they said, that money is going to be out there in a few years if you decide to go play for another club. Uh But I just, I, gosh, he is impressive. You know, I, uh that kind of player really worries me, Uh you know, as a cat supporter or I think any other club should be worried about having that two headed monster that you're having to face. Cause you know, you, you think, well, how am I going to contain Dusty? And then you're going, okay, there's two of them out there now. How do I contain both of them? I can't contain one. And as soon as you start to over-focus on, on Bolton, here comes Dusty Martin going, uh, did you guys forget about me? Tattoos, number four, fancy haircut. I'm still here. It's just, it's... As much as it pains me to say it, and as well as Melbourne is playing, and, and I know they beat them once, but, you know, Richmond's getting healthy here. Uh, I don't think they're done. I, I I won't be shocked if they end up pushing themselves back up to the top four before this is all said and done. Because they're going to be playing some of those clubs that are ahead of them. Okay. So, uh, I do... Um, I had a couple little uh, notes here that I had come in. Uh, let me get first off to uh, one of the gentlemen that that likes to to call in from out on the west coast of the United States. and of course it's it's four forty five in the morning there, so he's not up. so he shared a uh, he shared a quick clip here for me. so let me get into that. and then I've got uh, Tony Davis's uh, um, weekly call in as well. So let me get uh, Liberty Rob on here. Here we go.
1: Hey Craig, this is uh, Liberty Rob. Uh, haven't been able to call into the live show in a little while, but I've been listening every week. Uh, keep up the great work. Um, just wanted to say it's uh, not looking great for my Saints. We're <laughs> we seem to find the bottom of all this uh, roller coaster season a lot more than the tops of it. Um, but it, I, I, I'm still excited for finals. It looks like it's going to be from Richmond being somewhere near the bottom and the D's and Bulldogs and uh, Geelong and uh, Brisbane all up top. It looks like it's going to be a hell of a finals this year. So even if my Saints can't pull off a miracle and make it, it is still looking like it's going to be a great end of the season. If we can pass all this COVID stuff over there in Australia, I just wanted to uh, give my two uh, cents and say, great job. Craig. Keep up the good work.
0: Thanks a bunch, Rob. I appreciate
2: it. It's uh, uh, oop, hang on here. G'day, Craig. Tony Davis calling from Minnesota.
0: Not quite ready for you there, Tony. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, Rob, you know, the saints, they are an enigma. It's that's a club. that has got a lot of talent. You know, they, they lost Rowan Marshall, you know, in, you know, so Patty Ryder has been having to do uh, a yeoman's job as, as the ruck. And, you know, is, is he built for that for the long haul? You know, he had a pretty good game against uh, Tom Hickey the other day up up with Sydney, but God, they got to find a way to score points. They just really struggle putting points on the board, and this is something I actually put in the uh, my my tips. And again, this is my second tip. I'm already kind of alluding to there. I said, you know, they're you know they're they're getting a lot of tackles. And yeah, my spider's back now. He's on my right at my desk, and that is now a former spider. There we go. Okay, no more spider. Uh, you know they're they're fifth in tackles, um, but they're they're not doing much else. Their their percentage is lower than the next uh, four clubs that are behind them on the ladder. You know they're twelfth and thirteen to sixteen all have a higher percentage, so they could you know if they drop this game against the uh, the crows you could see them drop even further because their percentage is, is lousy. And I, and yeah, they may win a few more games, but I think they put themselves behind an eight ball so much as far as the percentage. I don't know if they can find their way back into the eight. I I think they're probably playing for next year already. Um, So yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a club with a lot of talent. But they just have not figured out how to put points on the scoreboard this year. And again, this is not this is not something that's all on Jack Higgins for having a, you know a game where he struggled kicking goals last week. This is this is not on him. Okay, uh, this is a this is a uh, something that is that is widespread throughout the club. And uh, yeah, so i I think the finals are going to be decent this year. And you know maybe we have our eight right now, and we're jockeying for position. You know, I think there's legitimately, I think there's only one club that's not in the eight that has a shot at getting there. Okay. Maybe two. Okay. Maybe two. Um, you know, I think, you know, GWS might have a shot at that, but uh, you know, I don't think that we have any, any more than that are going to possibly be making it. Um, I think GWS and Essendon could still make the eight and Essendon is going to be making me eat crow, uh, all off season after I tipped them 17th to start the year. So let me, uh, let me get Tony's uh, note in here about the D's and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get Harper on the line here. Cause I know Harper's waiting here. So.
2: G'day Craig, Tony Davis calling from Minnesota. Uh, my weekly traditional phone call following another D's victory, 11 and one, one win over the Brisbane Lions, classy opposition. Uh, looked a bit uh, dicey then the second quarter, uh, down 20 points at halftime. Uh, the defensive um, folks got it figured out. You know, Lee, Lever, May, Salem, Rivers, those guys. Petty, they really kind of came to play in the third and fourth quarters. Uh, really got that squared away. Then just the run from the defensive 50 to the offensive 50 was fantastic through the midfield and. It was the usual customers and Gorn and Petrarca and Oliver, uh, Harms, uh, Brayshaw, they were all involved. Uh, James Jordan um, was really a strong team effort. Uh, The forwards did well again, Fritch and McDonald and uh, Cozy Pickett, what can you say? Um, Spargo was fantastic, playing a really tough role. Um, so, yeah, all in all, looking good. I think Sam Wiedemann's probably the one um, that I'd see coming out of the team for Ben Brown. I think they got to give Brown a, a, look, a good look there. Um, and they got Jack Viney and, and Ed Langdon coming back in. So pretty full squad coming up here in the next few weeks. I'd be interested to see if they start resting some players uh, just to avoid any injury. Um, but lastly, but not leastly, by any means, uh, the great news today that Taylor Harris uh, was – Traded over from Carlton to to Melbourne for the AFW, AFLW season coming up. I'm very excited. She originally played for Melbourne when they were doing exhibition uh, women's footy back in the day, so she gets to return back to her roots there. Um, excited to have her on the D squad. Um, they got a great great team, as you know, and uh, she can only do wonders to help that forward line. So um, things are going well at the moment. So catch you soon. Be well. Take care. Yeah, I,
0: I think the uh, the D's are. Yeah, you know, I've said it before. I think they got the best midfield in the game, and they might have the best ruck in the comp as well. And uh, that is that combination right there has been deadly for them this year. You know, they dropped that single point game against Adelaide. And, you know, Adelaide played out of their minds that game, and it left you know sort of. So, of course left a bad taste in the mouth of the of the d's and 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 they're just they seem to be on a mission and i and i think you're going to like the analogy that i that i use in my tips for this week about them but it's uh yeah yeah they're becoming must-see tv and it's not necessarily because of the, the the great job that that petraca and clayton oliver who is just you know i i posted something that uh on Twitter the other day, and I th- I thought it was kind of funny. Maybe some people didn't like it, but I said, you know, I kind of I kind of want to go through life uh, with the carefree attitude of Clayton Oliver's hairstylist because uh, <laughs> I, I there's not a whole lot you can do there, and I don't th- I think it's you know he kind of just likes his hair flopping wherever it may be because some some of the players their their quiffs their hairstyle is very particular. Of course, then we have the mullets, but you know Clayton Oliver's is just like well, wherever it is, that's just fine by me. But yeah, I, am I am more and more impressed by the D's as we go forward here. Uh, you know, of course I want my cats to win, but gosh, this has been a pretty exciting season so far. And, and, uh, you know, despite all the stuff going on with, uh, with, with COVID and and the lockdowns again in Victoria, uh, which are, you know, hopefully going to be ending soon. Um footy has been a good respite i think for people so i'm 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 pretty happy with the way the season has gone so far and i and i hope you're enjoying the year as well and i'm just sending out a link to harper to have him hop on because he wanted to hop on today uh from the where do we begin podcast as i have one of my final sips of coffee here made the big cup this morning uh so let's see if we can get uh harper on the line there he is okay and Harper is on now. Hello there, sir. Good evening, Craig. How are you? You know what? I'm on my first cup of coffee this morning. This whole uh, me getting up early for this—it uh, should be pretty easy for me to do because I'm normally uh, I'm normally out of bed at five o'clock in the morning anyway. Just takes a little bit more prep work uh, to get up early to do this. Yeah, what, what time is it over in uh, Sandusky, Ohio? Right now, it's almost—it's about five minutes till eight.
3: So okay, yeah. yeah. Sweet. Um so you mentioned Anthony McDowell Tippin Woody, uh and his kind of uh the underwhelming nature I guess of his performance. Uh-huh. And uh uh he said like he might go missing in big games a bit if I remember correctly. But Yeah, I did. Uh, You're gonna
0: call me out, aren't you?
3: Yeah, I am gonna call you
0: out, I'm afraid,
3: Craig. <laughs> I'll just point out the fact to you that the uh, the game that's widely considered the biggest home and away game of the season, the Anzac Day game, Essen and Collingwood, he kicked five goals straight and was unlucky not to be best on ground. And like he's he's always like a bit of an inconsistent player throughout games. Like he's he hasn't really had a spell throughout his career where he's good for like three weeks in a row. It's just not the kind of player he is. So right, it's right. an off game, but he'll be. That's back what I, That's what I was alluding to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think he will be. I don't think it's anything to be too worried about, to be honest, because that's just the way he is and the way he always has been as a player. Yeah, it's yeah, and I, if if last week
0: was uh, <clears throat> you know, if last week was a game where he was on, do you think that's a game that they win?
3: That's a good question. Um, I, I think we do come a lot closer and. Uh, I was messaging you. I think I actually uh, told you uh, that, in my opinion, I reckon 39-point uh, margin didn't really reflect the game at all. It might reflect the difference in quality between the two teams, uh, like their list and just the quality of them as teams, really. But I don't think it reflected the quality of the games the TU teams played because when we were ahead, we could have been ahead by way more due to uh, – like kind of bad misses and their great accuracy, great efficiency, and a couple of dodgy umpiring decisions, I reckon. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it's fair enough. Rich, Richmond probably deserved to win. I just don't think they deserved to win by 39 points.
0: Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you there. I think, the, I think the game was certainly closer than the scoreboard reflected. I, I would agree with you there on that one. And and, mm-hmm. I, and, and the Bombers, are they're proving me wrong. Because as 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 you know and I mentioned it earlier today. I uh, I tipped them seventeenth at the beginning of the year, and that was right about the time where you said I'm done talking to you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I and I'm I'm thrilled that they're proving me wrong. Okay, I mean I'm I'm I thought that they would, uh, you know, I thought that uh, that Hawthorne that that Clarker would have them playing a little bit better than they are, simply because of his his reputation as a coach. And that hasn't quite translated because uh, I think I had them 15th or 16th and they've, you know, they they've dropped a 17th and I, I don't think they're getting out of 17th on the, uh, on the ladder this year. They're not going to climb much, much higher than that. I don't believe this year. And yeah, uh, you know, you've got uh you know, we're going to talk about Tom Mitchell before I wrap this up as well. Cause he, he's, he's looking for the nearest exit. It sounds like. Uh, so we shall see what yeah. goes on there, but yeah, that I I'm I'm pretty thrilled with the you know the way that the games have been getting played. You know, like I said, I of course I want to see the Cats win, but then other than that I want to watch, you know, six or eight good games each week. And
3: uh and it's it been... one of the most exciting teams in the comp. I reckon well, of people saying that that are the neutrals and yeah, you
0: know, I, I I think they're right. Well they're you know, they're they're a team that is you know that is uh they're scoring a ton of points. But they're also giving up a ton of points. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, it's quite to watch. Isn't it? Yeah, it's it. Well, it's yeah, it, it's kind of like what. Yeah, and I, I, it's kind of like watching the NBA All Star Game where defense. What is that? We're we're just gonna go stand over here in the corner while you while you you know have this big giant windmill dunk or whatever the case may be, and you go ahead and do yours at your end. We'll come back and do ours at our end then, and we'll entertain we'll entertain the crowd. You know, uh, yeah, we'll we'll turn into Maximus and you know the. The uh, the the I can't think of the actors the, the Russell Crowe character. You know, are you not entertained? You know, <laughs> that's kind of the approach yeah. that you you know the bread and circus is there. Yeah, you know, we may not win, but yeah, we're surely going to entertain you here when we do this. So I, guess I just you. uh I don't know. I I think losing McGrath for you know for basically the rest of the season is is not going to bode well for them. You know, I I didn't I, Zaha Raka was a concussion if I'm not mistaken. Was it not?
3: No, it was a hamstring injury.
0: Okay. Well, that's – so. see, that's something that that could heal up fairly quickly, possibly you know, a few weeks off because they're, they're on the bye week this week, if I'm not mistaken, because I don't think I yeah, checked them we this are. week. Yeah, and
3: he, he's a player that's on the fringes anyway. He's like yeah. not – definitely not one of the first names on the team seat, team sheet. So he's not like a huge loss. Obviously, it's not good to have anyone getting injured, but he's definitely not as important to us at the moment as uh, Andrew McGrath is.
0: Right, right. Yeah, so and, – and I – I don't know if he's going to get back this year. what they say? 10 to 12 weeks or eight to 12 weeks?
3: Yeah. Eight to 12 I mean, that, weeks. So that that puts, puts you back great... the last couple of games possibly. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and at that point in time, you know, if they have, if they're still within shouting distance of the eight, then maybe they bring him back in. But if it looks like, okay, you know, we don't have a shot at making the eight. Do they just let him heal up over the, over the summer? Do they just shut him down and let him heal up and say, okay. You know what? Uh, let's get you ready to go for twenty twenty two.
3: Yeah, well, it, yeah. it's an interesting point. Um, uh yeah, it, it's really tough to call. But if we're in the finals race, we're like we're getting back as soon as we can. There's no right, doubt right. about that. But absolutely, it it's yeah, it's so tough to call because it's right at the start of the injury. The injury he could have problems in uh, rehabbing it and his recovery. So it it could end up. up could end up being like 14, 16 weeks, or it couldn't could end up being maybe six weeks. I think Tom Hickey did the same I, injury earlier this year and he was only out for he missed one what, game a month or something. One you know, he game. missed one, he one missed game. One game. Yeah. And
0: I was and I and I I I swear to you, I will send you the picture of what I just wrote down here. As you were mentioning his name, <laughs> I'm writing Tom I'm writing Tom Hickey's name down to mention to you, you know, Hickey had only and I wrote down Lockie <laughs> Neal. Now Lockie Neal's injury was a foot injury. But he came, you know. He he had the same foot injury as as Dangerfield. It sounds like, but he he was back after I think three rounds. I think he missed three or four games, and he's back on the, on the side. But you know, yeah. I don't. You know, Lockie Neal Lockie Neal doesn't play. I think it's safe to say that he doesn't play the game with the the same reckless abandon that Patty Dangerfield plays. You know. Yeah, I I'll agree know, with you there. Yeah, and, Patty, Patty yeah, Dangerfield. Yeah. Dangerfield plays kind of that bull bull in a China shop type of game, whereas, uh, you know, Lockie Neal is more...
3: um, Kind of nimble, quick player compared to that, yeah, raging bull type guy. Like yeah, I, sure.
0: I, I was thinking like, you know, antelope out on the prairie looking around for ironically the lions that are going to come chasing after him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, that, kind of, that kind of thing. You know, he's not, he's not somebody who engages as much physically as Patty Dangerfield does because they're not, they're not yeah. built the same way, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, we've got what, uh, 10 or well, 11 rounds left, concluding this one because, you know, Thursday, you know, Thursday evening, you've got, uh, the cats and the, the, the power playing and, uh, i think you know and i i'm going to allude to the fact that i believe that the uh, afl has said that the cats don't have to wear hazmat suits to play this week uh (laughs) yeah (laughs) this is just it's It's is 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 the uh do you you think the lockdown is going to be ending soon there do you think you're gonna get finally be able to
3: oh i really really hope so to be honest uh for purely selfish reasons, uh, Lockie and I have got two podcasts planned in the studio for Sunday, so yeah, it would be good if, we, if would be good if we could do them. Uh, that would be very nice, and of course, just the freedom. Obviously, fingers crossed. We uh, kind of yeah, we're we're out of this as soon as we can be, and it's probably looks good at the moment. If it stays the way it is, it's gonna be it's gonna be massive outrage if we stay in lockdown. But there's one more point. I wanted to talk about before I uh, Go for it. Uh, left you, Craig. So we'll we're, we're speak about Tom Hickey, of course, Swans player. So I want to talk to you a bit about the Swans. I know you're a big fan of uh, the way they play, their list and their potential, even the way they're playing this season. Uh, lots of people are. People are raving about them. Uh, and don't get me wrong, first three games of the season for them, Phenomenal. I'm having a look at the results now. They beat Brisbane by five goals, Adelaide by five goals, and then Richmond by seven goals. That that's yeah. You you can't doubt how good you have to be to do that. But since then, I think those first three games have created a bit a bit of illusion uh, that they are a bit better than they actually are. To be honest, maybe a bit of a false perception.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, since, yeah, yeah. They yeah, beat uh, they they beat the t- they beat the Cats by an umpire's call.
3: Yeah, exactly. And I'll read yeah. out the other their other results uh since yeah. that round three victory against Richmond. So they beat Essendon by three points uh in Sydney, uh, which isn't great result. They lost to the Giants. They got smashed by Gold Coast by forty yep. points. They yep. they beat the Cats because of a dodgy call. They lost to Melbourne by nine points. And to be fair, that was a good performance from them. Right, uh credit right. where it's due there. Uh they beat the Pies by five goals at home, which is not really something many teams should be bragging about. They lost to Freo <laughs> uh, by two points. Uh, they beat Carlton by 22, which again, nothing to b- brag about really. And then they beat St Kilda by nine points. So really, what in those results since round three, what tells you that they're uh, as good a team as people are giving them credit for? I, I think they're a bit overrated, to be honest.
0: You know, that's that's a good point. I mean, they have they have certainly been a bit of a roller coaster ride. You're right. Um, Yeah. You know, great potential. But, don't get me wrong. They've oh, absolutely, great, yeah. Lots of great young players. And and they may be they may be a. Uh, you know, they they may be what St. Kilda was last year, you know, and, you know, where a lot of people thought maybe St. Kilda was a year ahead of schedule. And now they've taken a step back. Um, you know, this this, you know, because the swans, you know, you, you go back and look at last year, you know, it, and I, I joked about this. I said, you know, they, they they, basically had uh like the little the little sign that they have at the entrance of the roller coasters that say you must be this tall to ride this ride. You know, basically the swans had some all their talls were injured. They basically said if you're taller than this this sign, you can't play for the swans this year because you know we're, everybody has to be under that that height. You know, it's uh <laughs> but yeah. you know, I I you know, they're they have won some some good you know good games early on, and I in those first couple of games, if I'm not mistaken, they won those without Buddy in the lineup as well. Be I mean, they you know oh yeah the first first three games yeah you know, it was
3: and this is something I, think Buddy that I played against Adelaide. I think he played one game and then he came back for the Essendon game actually. Yeah, yeah
0: he did. Yeah, he did play against Adelaide, but you know yeah you know, I, I I have wondered and and again this is this is my speculation here on the outside looking in. Uh, Are they, and this is going to sound like hypocrisy here? Are they a better side when Buddy is not in the lineup? Because you know, right now, you know, is are they at a point right now where it is the, it's the let's get Buddy to a thousand tour. You know, let's get let's get Buddy his thousand goals and you know get the ball in his hands as much as we possibly can, at the expense of maybe winning games, and and I don't know that I'm I'm asking I'm asking that is that in the back of some of the other players minds thinking we got to get this legend, his, uh, his thousand goals.
3: Yeah. And, and I want to be this, part of that. That that kind of thing. It's not uh, too infrequent. That kind of occurrence a bit of a phenomenon really how so many teams in a wide range of sports really seem to lift when their big star X factor players out because they're more cohesive as a team. Like uh, speaking as an Essendon fan, I know when Joe Danaher was in, injured for his last three seasons at the club we were almost always played better as a team when joe Danaher was out and you, there's heaps of other examples of it buddy of course being one uh but he has got that x factor x factor power which you can't really deny
0: right right and and you know what i have i have no and again this is i'm mentioning that but then this year I've also seen Buddy playing up the ground more than I recall seeing in the past, where he's he's getting much more involved in the the stuff happening that's kind of on the periphery of the midfield going after the ball rather than just kind of sitting in that, you know, in the forward line waiting for the ball to come to him. You know, seeing him yeah. engage. So, so maybe there's even in his mind, he's thinking, I have to go get the ball to get my thousand.
3: Mm, Yeah, you're right. I think that you could also just say that that's the kind of modern forward. We don't really see too many big forwards today just staying in the goal square the whole time. Right, right. But um, back on uh, Sydney as a whole, really, they've got Hawthorne uh, this coming Friday night, Friday morning, your time. Mm -hmm. But after that, uh, they've got the bye, and then they've got three, or you could even say four, Crunch games where you we're really gonna know if they are the real deal, right? Or not. Right, yeah. Um, Port Adelaide. So uh, after Hawthorne, yeah. they've got Port Adelaide in Adelaide, one of the toughest road trips going right. around. They've got the Eagles at home, Uh the Dogs at well at Marvel. It's Pennsylvania for Marvel, but who knows exactly. where that will be? Yeah. Um, and then I, I think got they're the Giants.
0: In yeah, I don't West think Cincinnati. I don't think they'll be at Marvel that day because I think they're gonna have the Tigers play there. But go on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, after after the turnout the Tigers got in Perth, maybe we should consider moving them to Optus Stadium. There you go. Um, there's an idea for you. Yeah, um, well, that's uh, yeah. I just
0: and I, yeah, the giant the Giants are the next game. But what does that say about the 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 Melbourne based Tigers fans? And again, I know that they weren't the ones showing up in Perth, but they they packed the they packed the house in Perth. Yeah. But the Richmond-based Tigers fans couldn't be bothered to travel three miles down the road to another stadium. I just, it just, that still
3: just blows my mind. I mean, to be honest, I think. Go um, ahead. Like a a massive proportion of that that crowd was just kind of uh, people who were there for the event. It was like it would be the same if it was. Anzac Day, Essendon, Collingwood—you'd get the same people going just because it's a big event, you know. Yeah. Um, And I know Essendon have a lot of fans in Perth as well. Richmond, not so many, but Essendon have a lot of fans in Perth.
0: Yeah, and and, Um, you know, I would say you know they've they've got you know they've got the Dockers and then the Bombers after that. And if the Dockers, they're they're not a pushover. I mean that 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 club is, I think. As far as enigmas go, I think that you could say that you know, Fremantle and Carlton are maybe the two biggest enigmas this year. Like just, you know, just like, what the heck is going on here? Yeah, you know, Fremantle's had a ton of injuries, but that's a club that's got a lot of talent as well. And I'm, and I'm going to get into Carlton here in, in, in a moment here when I do my tips because I, you know, I, oh, yeah, uh,
3: I'll chat with you about Carlton. I'll have a bit of Carlton bashing. Oh,
0: oh, it's Nothing I, better. I just I, yeah, I, I wonder, you know, well, I. Yeah, I actually. I'll, you know, while you're here, I'm going to go ahead and give you my tip on the Carlton game this week, and I'm going to. I'm just going to share what I jotted down here. Uh, let me find it here. Where did it go? Come on now. Uh,
3: oh,
0: come on. No, it's they're they're on the buy this week. That's right.
3: Oh well. Yeah, the, they're on the buy this week. I can't but... lose that one. Fingers crossed for them. Um, yeah, but Sydney, I reckon uh that they they're lucky that they finished quite low last season because it means that they've got a much easier draw for this season and uh hopefully hopefully for their fans they'll be making finals because of that good start in the first three games.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I oh I know I jotted down something really snarky on here and I just uh <laughs> maybe it wasn't even in Oh, where the heck did I break that down? I wrote it down somewhere that uh that I, I, I thought that uh maybe I was just thinking it. I don't know. But I I you know, oh I, I I was thinking it here when I was talking about the uh the coach stepping down. I don't think I wrote it down, but uh that the uh that Oh, John Barker! John Barker was stepping away as though you know he was stepping away from something that could have been a, a a Leonardo DiCaprio vehicle, you know, movie for DiCaprio. I mean, this are are we watching Titanic in the AFL with the Blues? You know, is this? Uh, is, yeah, yeah. Well, is is, I don't is think David T going to be back?
3: I don't think the Blues are sinking. I think they sunk a long, long time well, ago, and they're still at the bottom of the bottom of the ocean. To be right, honest, right. because. Uh, Yeah, they've just been, to be honest, I reckon I've said this to a few people and Carlton, I do not see why they get hyped up so much season upon season upon season upon season. I I just don't see why people get so so excited about them. I think for almost my entire memory, they've just been a side that's uh, been in the kind of bottom six or seven or maybe even eight teams of the comp.
0: Well, and that's, that's been in, that's within your lifetime though. Cause they, you know, since I've been following the game, they've been in, they've been in rebuild mode in the five years I've been following the game. Yeah. They, because, they've
3: been in rebuild mode for even longer than that. They, well, they haven't made finals since 2013. And that was cause Essendon got kicked out and they got pushed yeah. into it. So yeah, what, what can you say about that?
0: Yeah, that's 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 a good point, and and again, that's that's before my before my time, and I just I just uh, I'm I just I, I they're like I said, they're an enigma. That's a, it's a good. They, they, I mean, they they've got some talent on that club. I mean, you know, what what club would not want to have Harry Mackay playing in their forward line?
3: Yeah, like they they have got talent. You're not wrong. Yeah, undoubtedly, they've got talent. But every team has talent.
0: Really? Right. right. Well, that yeah, that's true. But it's, but yeah, I and I guess you know, blue supporters would have to to let me know what what can they do to 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 I don't know I don't know if it's lighting a fire under their butts to get them to to play better or is it you know, or is you know if one bad thing happens, oh no, it's here here we go again that kind of thing you know is it
3: uh, you know
0: I don't know but and I got,
3: I think they've got four three or four players that would play in any team outside that it is like most of their players are kind of their foul level players. Not all of them. I could well be missing people here, but they've got four elite players uh, mm-hmm. in Sam Walsh, uh, Jacob during this season has been good. And I think it was pretty good last season. Well, as well, Harry Mackay and Patrick Cripps, who has, he was nowhere near what he was, but uh, he's still a good player. Right. Right.
0: And that, you know, that's somebody who I think is, you know, is is, you know, putting a lot of his his best years, you know, into a, into a side where, you know, he's going to have a great career. His stats are going to look good, but the wins and losses are certainly not going to be there at the end at the end of his career. You know, and Mackay yeah. is only, you know, he's 23, um, you know, and it's, uh, you know, I, I think I heard something where your your group is looking at possibly trying to bring him on next year.
3: Yeah, I did hear uh, Tom Brown said that, but even earlier than that, uh, Kane Corns, who's a bit of a certified uh, kind of attention-seeking media <laughs> kind of shock jock type, uh, oh. but he he uh, pitched the idea of Harry Mackay coming and then his brother Ben McKay coming, uh, which I just do not think is in the realms of possibility at right. all. Really, I might be proved wrong there, but I just don't think it's going to happen. That kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I, and I, you know, and they're you know they and they they don't have. I'm just looking at their list here. I mean, they've got uh, they've only got what three? They've got five players over the age of thirty. Um,
3: that's quite and, that's quite a few, to be honest. Yeah, uh, that that's not a small amount. Um, yeah, you know, I Ed Kerner you know, probably only got two. Yeah, you know, like Eddie Betts, Eddie Betts,
0: and Mark Murphy. And I did see something about you know, you know, they're trying to get you know Murphy to 300 games. You know, and it's uh. You know, is his is his level of play? You know, that this is in many ways a lot like you know getting you know getting um, Buddy Franklin to a thousand goals. I mean, is mm. is the club better served by saying you know we want to get you to that three hundred? And and again, Murphy's name is synonymous with Carlton because I, you know, he has been there for you know he's two hundred ninety five games. He's been around you know for a long time, oh, yeah. uh, but. You know, I and again, I'm not as up to speed on you know the ins and outs of Carlton as as a blue supporter would be. So they'd have a better idea as to whether or not you know they should try to get those last five games out of him, or you know get him through those five games, and then you know maybe bring in somebody younger to, to help you know blood them and get them some experience at the highest level. You know, get some yeah, competition if, that's going to
3: ultimately. It's harsh, but it's a results industry. If you want to be mm-hmm. getting results. Carlton's not winning any premierships with Mark Murphy. Like it, it's just not going to happen unless they get the twenty-one best players in the comp and put Mark Murphy in that team with them. That's not happening. Like he's just not good enough. It, yeah, he's not an A-grade player anymore.
0: I think I think you're right on that. Yeah, and it, and it's not to say that 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 the younger players can't learn from his experience. Oh yeah, but but you know it's. You know, and again, you you know, you've got, you've got Eddie Betts on the list and, you know, Eddie Betts is, is even older, but he is still somebody that, you know, he's, he's an, he, you know, he, in the time I've been watch, watching, he, he is he's one of the craftiest players I've seen, you know, it's, yeah. uh, brilliant. Yeah. And it's, uh, it is, it's, you know, this may be his swan song also this year.
3: Yeah. yeah, I, I can't see him. Uh, yeah, being at the level required to play next right. year. To be honest, you know, maybe yeah. he'll stay on the list. I don't know what his contract situation is, but
0: he's yeah. he's on a rookie. He's on a rookie contract this year.
3: He's on a rookie contract, is he? Well, wow. uh-huh. I didn't know he that. is. Yeah, that, he's on a rookie
0: contract this year. Yep. So,
3: so it's up at the end of the year. He, yeah. 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 Right. Okay that's interesting yeah you
0: know, um, so i I don't see him I don't I don't see him going anywhere else besides Carlton because he's kind of had that that full circle starting there going to Adelaide coming back there I don't see him becoming a player who just you know club hops from club to club just to have a job i mean maybe I'm completely wrong on that but yeah you know, this this may be his Swan song as well you know and he's you know he's at uh 341 games in his career
3: hmm yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, now, Craig, I'm gonna pitch a bit of a conspiracy theory uh, here to you. I'm not saying I believe in this uh, necessarily. Like, j- j- just an idea that I'm j- I'll just float with you. So, uh, I- I've seen for quite a few years in a in a row now, media media people tipping Carlton. This is going to be their year. Uh, that they'll, they'll make the finals. They'll be uh, there and about. Um, they'll be around that kind of bottom end of the top eight area. Uh, have you seen that too? I
0: I think I had them. Uh, I'd have to go back and look, but I think I had them around tenth or eleventh this year. I, don't, I didn't have yeah. them in the eight, but I had them. I had them moving up compared to where they were previously.
3: Yeah, and uh, yeah, you get heaps of media types, doing what I just said they do, tipping them around maybe seventh or eighth. For the so, last few years, even so, though, is, there like, a re- is
0: there a reasoning behind why they're doing it? Is that where you're going
3: with this? Now, that, that is where I'm going with this. So okay, I, like I, this is just a complete kind of thought that popped into my head. Uh, not saying it's true, uh, but what, what if there's a bit of a thing going on in the AFL media, uh, where Carlton, one of the biggest clubs in the AFL. Uh, the massive supporter base. I don't know how many members they've got. Maybe seventy, eighty thousand. Biggest uh-huh. club in one of the biggest clubs in the country. So getting Carlton fans excited, it's going to get clicks, isn't it? Like wh- when good you point. get a fan base, uh, kind of, yeah, all up and about getting excited and uh, feeling good about their team. That's going to get clicks. Like I know when Essendon win a game, I'm going to consume all the media I can about that game. So if Media types are putting Carlton in their eight. Carlton fans are going to read that.
0: Well, yeah, I mean that—that's well, that 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 is a that's a news media type thing anyway. That that yeah. that's one of the that's one of the lessons that I I teach my my students or I try to present to my students at school to to consume media cautiously because yeah, you know, with with the the twenty four hour news cycles, they have to they have to uh, they have to fill that airtime. And, you know, I and I use and I and I tell my students and this, I tell my students this and and I know you're a journalism student. So this is <laughs> this is uh, this may be one of those things where you go, OK, I'll have to keep this in mind. Possibly, you know, I I, I talk about and uh, you know, we we talked about true crime stuff off air earlier this week as well. And I actually listened to the first episode of that true blue crime podcast that you mentioned uh, oh, yeah. about the lint chocolate, the uh, the. Uh, coffee shop or whatever where there was a something in sydney a few years <laughs> oh, ago Oh,
3: that yes yeah i, yeah, I listened that to that sage. one yeah yeah
0: okay. um but i you know i tell my students you know we i, I put a i put a uh and i tell them i said I, i've never been in a uh, tv producer's uh room where they're getting ready to set up the news for that day i said but i'd be shocked if it doesn't go this way and i and i and i have like a half dozen sheets of blank printer paper and i and i and i put up uh I put up a, a a photograph up on the screen, and it's it's a young woman who uh, had just graduated from high school here in the United States, and she um, her name was uh, Natalie Holloway, and she and a couple of her friends went to uh, on a graduation trip to the island of Aruba, which is off the coast of South America, and she disappeared, presumed presumed dead. They've never found her. Uh, but this became a story that they, you know, pretty blonde girl. They, you know, their senior picture from high school there, and uh, this this story was news for not months but years, and it was on all the time. And you know, they went back to Aruba on the tenth anniversary of her disappearance to talk about the story again. And I and I and I tell my kids, I I tell the students, I said, you know, for a moment here, you're going to hate me. But I hope that after I explain myself, you're going to go, okay, that makes a little bit of sense. And I say to them. Who gives a damn about Natalie Holloway? Who cares? And the looks I get from the kids like, boy, you're a jerk. And I said, this is the point where you're going to hate me, I said, because here's here's what's going on in that newsroom. And I pull out those blank sheets of paper and I set them down on the table. And I said, and I look at them and I pretend to be like the the, the news producer. And I said, okay, let's see. Ah, uh, a brunette. Hey guys, we did a brunette last month, right? And I ball up the paper and throw it in the trash can. Oh, look at how big her ears are. And these are all missing people. And I ball it up and I throw it in the trash can. Oh, African-American. I ball it up and throw it in the trash can. Gosh, look at those. I, we can't put those teeth on TV right there. She should have had braces. I ball it up and throw it in the trash can. And then I'm left with the picture of, you know, the fake picture of Natalie Holloway. And they just they decide that this is the, the important story. The media decides for you that that story about Natalie Holloway is the important one. But there are five other missing people that we don't hear about. And I tell my kids, I said, guys, I said, you know, I'm just gonna tell you right now. Ugly people get kidnapped all the time. I said, if if I got kidnapped. You would be the only ones to know about it, because I'm sure as hell not making the news. There'd be a substitute teacher in my classroom, but I—I you would be the only one that would know that I'm not here. They decided that this story was important. They decided that her life was more important than the other five people or these other six people. And I said, and there are hundreds, if not thousands of missing people in in that type of in that type of a situation. So, yes, it's tragic what happened to Natalie Holloway. But in the great grand scheme of things, she, she's a proverbial drop in a bucket there. So in in, in in many ways, to me, that's kind of what you were talking about with the, the news media doing with Carlton, that, you know, that they have to sell clicks. They have to they have to sell people tuning in. They have to sell. We have to have stuff to talk about with our podcasts. Because, you know, I'm already pretty boring as it is. But, you know, how much boring would I more boring would I be if there was nothing for me to talk about? I don't know if that makes any sense or not.
3: Right, that makes complete sense. And I, I remember us having a very, very similar conversation where you told that uh, that same story uh, yeah. on my own podcast. Uh, so if anyone wants to go listen to that, feel free to listen to the exact same story for the second time. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but it is a, it's a very, very, very good point. Um, and, yeah, like it's a business ultimately. Yeah, uh, me- News media and media, it's like unless it's, uh, publicly funded ABC, BBC type thing. It's it's a business, and uh, like you you're gonna get as well. Let's just, just adding to this point. Uh, you're gonna get. It it takes a much braver person to put Carlton as the wooden spooners than it does to put Gold Coast as the wooden spooners. You're gonna get good point. Thousands and thousands of people, like, like up your ass, harassing you, <laughs> like, like talk, like. Like throwing bombs at you, talk, talking shit about you because you put Carlton as the wooden spooners. Like if you put Gold Coast at the wooden as the wooden spooners, who gives a shit? You know? Yeah, that's like a great point. No, that's no, a great point. no one's gonna argue that, really. So it's easy for people to put Gold Coast as the wooden spooners, but uh, yeah, not so much with Carlton or Collingwood or Essendon or Richmond or Hawthorne.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. That is a really good point. Yeah, I. I... Yeah, and and you know you've got you've got a couple of those clubs. You know you've got Hawthorne down there. You've got uh, well Carlton is down there, on their own. St Kilda is seemingly heading that direction if they can't you know start scoring some more points. Um, mm-hmm. you know Adelaide, who knows? Adelaide might move out. Uh, uh, North is down there right now. That's not Adelaide. It's North. that's down there. You know I don't think North is going to climb out of the the 18th spot this year. You know their their percentage. Yeah, you know, they're only one win behind Hawthorne but their percentage is just, is so low. Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, they're 17 points behind Hawthorne and Hawthorne's percentage is, is 74. So, you know, I just, I don't see, uh, I don't see that happening. So,
3: yeah. yeah. Um, um, do you mind if we I uh, raise another bit of a point about the footy media or go uh, for do it. you want to kind of wrap it up soon? No,
0: you go ahead. I'm then I'm going to get into my tips. I've got, uh, I have a, uh, gentleman coming to do some work on my house here in about half an hour but i i left a note on the door for him that said if the note is here i'm finishing up an episode of my podcast so
3: sure thing okay well uh i don't really consume a whole lot of footy media anymore Mm -hmm. um because uh, i was actually chatting with my dad about this uh he listens to the radio kind of all day while he Uh works Uh, and it is the same thing over and over and over and over and over. Like the footy world is so, so, so big. There are so many points you could make about footy in general, like just the AFL even, you don't even have to go into VFL, SANFL waffle. You don't even have to talk about that. You could talk about the AFL and make unique points and talk about unique stories like for an unlimited amount of time, really, because there's so much to talk about. But right. the footy media, I've stopped listening to it because it's there are just so many kind of lazy types who listen to other shows, uh, consume other media, say, oh, yeah, I'll talk about that too. Uh, that got clicks for these guys. That that got listens for these guys. I'll talk about too. So they don't bother to come, with, come up with their own points and... Yeah, that's why I really don't consume much footy and media anymore because it does my head in.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well that makes sense. And I and I that's that in many ways, that's the only avenue that I have to uh to try to build off of the things that I talk about is to see what's being presented because again, I'm not I'm not there. So, you know, so I mm-hmm. and I look at a lot of different sources when I when I try to pull information in um to try to get to to try to get to my stories, yeah, you know, the things that I'm gonna discuss. Yeah.
3: Cool. How good would it be for you, though, if the footy media you consumed, the story every day wasn't just about how good Dustin Martin is or something like that? We we all know he's a good player, obviously. Right, right, like, right. We can give him the credit, but there are all these stories and players who are doing great things that you just don't hear about. Like a, a player that I haven't heard anything from, or anything about, sorry, in the media is Andrew Phillips. You probably don't even know who that guy is. Do you know who Andrew Phillips is? No. Yeah, I, does he no, Does he play you know with the Bombers? Exactly. Yeah, he's a Bombers player.
0: Okay, I thought, uh, I, I thought I heard the name, but...
3: Yeah, exactly. The media don't talk about him, and you not knowing him just kind of shows my point. And it's not your fault, obviously, because the media just don't talk about him. You wouldn't know about him. Right, He's right. the Essendon Ruckman. He He's kind of seen as the Essendon backup Ruckman, uh-huh. Uh, while Sam Draper's injured, so he's playing all the games. He has done a magnificent job in uh, ever since Sam Draper's been out, ever since he got injured in round two. He's been brilliant. He's uh, hardly kind of been beaten uh, in an overall contest in terms of uh, when you weigh up the hit outs and the taps and around the ground and he takes great marks. But I don't think media have talked about him at all and as a result bombers fans don't even talk about them don't don't even talk about him as much as they should really because they consume the same media as well and like if the media isn't talking about him why should the bombers fans talk about him
0: you know good point good point that's a great that's just one
3: of many examples
0: yeah yeah cool i'm going to jump into my tips here real quick okay is that all sure um, okay i'm gonna yeah, i'll let you go i'm yeah. gonna hop in there because we're we're pushing 90 minutes right now and uh sure i want people to hear how brilliant my tips are for this week <laughs>
3: <laughs> well i'll let you go then okay uh, man listening for the rest of your tips have a good day man Okay, no, you too man you bet uh-huh
0: all right ladies and gentlemen i am thrilled that harper was able to come on the show today and uh give me some grief about my continued underestimation of the of the bombers and i think he had some really interesting points about the uh the way that the the media tends to work and and i think as i mentioned i don't think that's exclusive to to footy media that's media in any game if you're here in the united states you hear uh you hear the the people broadcasting about the different sports here in the united states bringing up the same individuals all the time, touting them quite a bit, which, you know, those are the kinds of stories that are going to get clicks. You know, the, uh, the best analogy I can make is that, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of the Cleveland Browns. And if you happen to live in Australia, and I know there are a few of you who are Browns backers in Australia that may tune into the podcast. And there may be a few of you who are Browns fans here that are listening to the show as well. But, uh, when the Browns left and moved to Baltimore, they were taken away from Cleveland, if you will, and moved to Baltimore. You could argue the semantics if you want that Baltimore Ravens fans, that's okay. Uh, I really don't care. But they came back and they made the playoffs once in 17 years, 18 years that they were back in the, in the league. And this is a club that had a number of times come very close to playing in the Super Bowl one little event happened here or there that precluded them from getting there. It's kind of something that uh, that old fans look back on with some sad nostalgia. But for years, the the, the Browns have been the laughing stock of the NFL. They've been the club that has been fun to make to make fun of because they had been so bad, they'd been so inept. They changes. They changed coaches more frequently than uh, than Hugh Hefner used to change girlfriends because uh, he had to wait for them to be born, quite frankly. <laughs> Again, not time for another face But his, Harper's point about the, you know, it being easier to, to call out Gold Coast and say that they're going to be the, the Wooden Spoon winners rather than Carlton is, is a really good point because you don't want to alienate your listenership. And, and, and in a way, I am... I don't want to say guilty of that, but I'm cognizant of that. Because if you've listened to the episodes where I've provided my tips during the episodes, I have I have been reserved in terms of the, the point values, the differences in point values. Because there are games that, that, in the back of my mind, I might think are going to get decided by 40 or 50 points, by 7 or 8 goals, because one team is, is that much better than the other one. But I don't want to... You know, I'm not trying to rub salt into anyone's wound or anything of that nature. So I, I, I will, I will give a, a smaller differentiation in, in the scores there because that way I'm saying, yeah, I still think that team's going to win, but I'm not, I'm not saying that the other club is is completely horrible or anything of that nature. Yeah, you because know, I, like I said, I don't want to anger anybody. I'm trying to get as many listeners as I possibly can. So in that regard, maybe I'm just as guilty as what the, uh, the, the news media is doing. But, yeah, I guess it is for the same same uh, reasoning. So I guess I'm doing it for the same thing. Again, I'm not, I'm not doing a 24-hour broadcast, though. Uh, seems like that sometimes when I'm watch- watching games all weekend long, that it seems to be like 24 hours. I've had a couple 22-hour days before games have wrapped up. So I want to get into my tips for this week. I went 4-2 and two last week. I missed on the Blues, as we talked about. And I missed on the Crows game. You know, I again, I have to, you know, my cap to the Pies because they came in. I thought no, Bertie Grundy, you know Riley O'Brien's having a pretty good year in the ruck for the Crows. I didn't think that the uh, that the the Pies had much of a chance. They were on the road, and I was impressed with what they did. Now again, I don't think anybody could have uh, could have predicted that Jamie Elliott was going to come back and have the game that he did, but he did. So let's look at the first game of the weekend, <clears throat> and that is at the Adelaide Oval, and that's Port Adelaide and Geelong. Now, both of these clubs are coming off their bye week. Uh, they're rested. They're getting healthy. The Cats, uh, maybe, you know, they've won four in a row. Uh, they might be starting to be, getting, start to be getting healthy here. They should be getting a couple of players back. Uh, Mitch Duncan will probably be back on the side. Uh, Mark has will probably be back. Maybe we'll see Cam Guthrie. Maybe they hold him out for another week. Uh, Patty Dangerfield could be back, close to coming back as well. I don't know what that means for Quentin Narkel, but, uh, you know, I, I don't see where you can take, you know, Narkel out of the lineup. Um, maybe they do. I, yes, it's Patty Dangerfield. So if Dangerfield's healthy and it comes down to he and Narkel, Dangerfield's going to be coming back into the side. But uh, there may be somebody else that they have to look at fitting into uh, into one of those positions there. Uh, you know, Ports won three out of four, and they're playing at home. Now, if the midfield is healthy... You know, if they get Guthrie back out there, they get Duncan back out there. Even without Dangerfield, I still think that the midfield of the Cats is stronger than that of the uh, of the Power. The ruck position, the ruck position, you know, pun intended, is has been up in the air all year for the Cats. You know, is Butzav's going to come back in and play ruck. Is is League going to be there if Butzav's is back? Is is Reece Stanley going to get the game? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, I don't think Scott Lysette's back. From his suspension yet so you know we'll have to see what transpires there but you know like i said they're playing at the adelaide oval not an easy place to to win unless you're the magpies and it was last week uh you know i believe the cats have been told that they don't need to wear hazmat suits when they play this week my head says that port wins at home by six on their home oval my heart says that the cats win this one by nine on the road and start to rally and solidify their position in the top four I, I'm going to go with my heart, okay? And I'm going to say the Cats by 9 in this game. So, Cats by 9 against Port Adelaide. I hope I'm not wrong. The second game this weekend, uh, you got the Swans hosting the Hawks at the SCG. And the Swans, you know, Harper made a very valid point that maybe they're not as good as we thought they were. Uh, they've got an 8-4 record right now. they they won some games early. They They've struggled in a few instances going forward uh they've got a very healthy percentage of 113 points i think they're sixth on the ladder right now if i'm not mistaken you know the hawks are heading into this game with quite frankly uh their disposal leader telling uh, the club that you know what i'd be okay if you traded me to another uh contending club in victoria and if they were black and yellow that would be even better you know the swans are going to be you know running out the uh one of the the best pickups of the off season with uh with tom hickey uh out there in the rock he's been phenomenal for them this year and just it, it's amazing that that he only missed that one round with the uh the, the leg injury that he had now i uh i Buddy's continuous his march towards a thousand goals do you think he wants to get a bag of goals against uh his former club i think he might of course i think he wants to get that against any club quite frankly but i think the swans are going to take this one by 16 points all right, we move on to Optus Stadium and Fremantle is hosting Gold Coast. The Gold Coast is coming off their bye week. The Dockers have lost 4 out of 5. They won the fifth game by only 2 points. I had them in the 8th position this year and unless they do something tremendous, that's not likely to occur. Okay? I don't think that they're going to get there. They they've just struggled too much for that to be the case. You know, that they're battling a lot of injuries, they've struggled to kick the ball straight uh matthew Taberner may be back this week i don't think he came back in the side this last week gold coast lost three in a row before they rebounded right before the bye week um they're first in kicks and marks per game and they're fourth in tackles so they move the ball around they get the ball into the hands of their players so you know maybe they're going to have some scoring opportunities here but but the problem is is that they they really don't score very well either their percentages is not is not great as is the case with with Fremantle, so it looks like Matt Rowell is going to be back on the side with them. Uh, I did hear some, or I did see some people online saying that you know, well, this is where Rowell got hurt earlier this year, and they may hold him out because of that. I think if you got that kid healthy, and you've got any kind of you know an outside shot at gaining some momentum, and getting the needle pointed northward for your club, if he's ready to go. I think he's out there, okay? Uh, and if he's out there playing, I'm going to go with the Suns by six in this game over the Dockers, okay? I'm going to go with the Suns in this game. Uh, we're going to head up to, to Cairns for St. Kilda and Adelaide. Now The Crows dropped a close game against you know uh, an impressive young Pies team last week. Um, you know Taylor Walker kicked two goals, six. That's an aberration, okay? More often than not, he's kicking six goals, too, if he gets those kinds of shots on goal. Okay, I, I think he's a much more consistent kicker than what he showed last week. The Saints, this is amazing. They are they're you know, they're they're fifth and tackle, so they, they, they get the other team on the ground, but they they struggle to score points as well. I mean their their percentage is eight points lower than the teams that are below them on the ladder, teams thirteen through sixteen on the ladder. Their percentage point is at least eight points lower. Some of them it's much lower than that. And they're barely ahead of Hawthorne. Just by a couple of percentage points, and Hawthorns in the seventeenth spot. You know they've had a, they got a lot of talent in the Saints club. As, as Harper said, every club's got talent. That's true. Every club does have talent. It's just what they do with that talent is uh, is what we have to to figure out. You know, I as I mentioned earlier in the in the uh, in the episode, you have to feel for for Jack Higgins and what he went through. But I I, ju- I don't see him having that kind of a game again. But that being said, I think the Crows. Are playing pretty solid footy. Okay, they they've lost a, they, you know, they've lost a couple games here and there. Uh, they had they had a pretty significant streak, but they they've been competitive. I'm going to go with the Crows in this game. I've got Adelaide winning this one by seven points. Now we head down to Tasmania with North Melbourne hosting GWS. The Roos are coming off their bye week, so good for them. They uh, they. Okay, I'm not going to say that because that would be disrespectful to say, well, they didn't lose again. So I'm not going to say, oh, crap, I just said it. Um, but this is a club that has played hard week in and week out. They're they're getting a lot of their young players out there because so much of their list is, is injured, or it has been injured. Some of the players are starting to come back. Um, you know, what I found was amazing when I was looking at some of the stats, their biggest problem is getting the ball past the center square. They're... This was, this was a couple stats here that, it, tell me if I'm wrong here, but if you're 15th in kicks and you're 12th in handballs, that's a pretty good indication that the other team is usually holding on to the ball, that you usually don't have it in your hand long enough to do anything with it, or you don't get it often enough to do it with anything with it because the other team is busy hanging on to it and scoring against it. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good indicator uh, that they've been spending a lot of time playing defense. Now they're gonna battle they're gonna scrap they're they're gonna be uh they're gonna be a tough team to beat but I do think that g w s is too strong for them and i've got g w s winning this one by ten to twelve points okay i just i think you know even missing toby green you know canelio' still being out i think that the that the Giants are still too strong a club they're on the periphery they're looking in there within you know a game of getting back or a game or two of getting back to even on the the ledger in terms of their record of getting back to 500, and, and I don't think they let themselves fall into uh, into a bad position with this one. Now we head back out to Optus for the second game of the weekend, and this is uh, West Coast and Richmond. This game got moved, I believe, from round 14 to this round, or maybe even later in the season, because they wanted to keep Richmond out there because of the, uh, um, the whole lockdown thing in Victoria, which Kind of makes Marvel Stadium not feel so bad. Although you did have a big turnout last week in the stands, as uh, as uh, Harper was talking about during during our discussion there, that Optus was was darn near full last week, so that was pretty terrific. the uh, The Eagles they gutted out a really tough win against the, the Blues. You know, uh, here's the thing though: know, Richmond isn't struggling. You know, Shea Bolton is beginning to make Dustin Martin think that he's been cloned. And, you know, the Tigers are getting healthy. They're starting to get more of their bodies that we have seen wearing premiership medals around their necks back on the ground. Tom Lynch being the uh, um, the one big one that's not out there yet. But Callum Jones has done a a, a, a nice job filling in for him. And, and Chole has done a nice job on the ruck for them. You know, he's got a lot of energy, a lot of speed. And, and, and maybe that, maybe that becomes the, the kind of the ruck position in the future where you've got the guys who can, you know, get the hit out and then go pick up the ball for themselves and, and, and dribble it down the, the, the field another, you know, 30 yards and then put it in play. I don't know. But he's done a nice job uh, filling in the ruck position for them. You know, the Tigers are beginning their march towards the finals. And, you know, this is their next step against a, uh, an Eagles squad that is still pretty banged up. Now, the Eagles uh, are on their home ground. But as I said, the Tigers are not Carlton. This is not the Blues. The Tigers are going to come back to Optus, and they're going to take care of business, and I see them winning this one by 13 points. The last game of the weekend. The last game of the weekend. At the SCG. So again, two Victorian clubs out of town again. Collingwood back on the road. Melbourne and Collingwood. The Ds just keep chugging along, uh, working to secure a top-four spot. Okay, to secure a top two spot, because that's that's where they're headed. Okay, they're headed towards a top two spot, possibly a minor premiership. They got a relatively small injury list, Jack Viney's still out, Ed Langdon's still out, but this is a uh this is an interesting game. Okay, and I and I I think I have a really good analogy for this. If if this game was a movie, the Magpies would be getting played by Linda Hamilton. Because the D's are playing like Skynet has been activated. And they're out there just terminating anybody that gets in their way. Okay? And it's, uh, you know, I'm not going to give you the, you know, the the little Schwarzenegger line from the movie or anything of that nature. But uh, you can see me doing Robert Patrick's character kind of waving my finger in front of uh, whoever it was that shot some kind of a gun at him. Like, don't do that. But the D's are just, they're on a mission. And, uh, you know, I see the D's winning this and by... Probably fifteen points. Now, Crow supporters, you've got something to look forward to though. You've got, you know, youngsters like Caleb Poulter and Trent Bianco and Isaac Quinar who are, are giving you a glimpse of what the future of the club might look like. Okay, some young, speedy guys that that uh, that are are going to help bring, you know, bring back, if you will, some success with the pies. And that may happen sooner rather than later. I don't know. But again, I've got the pies, uh, losing this one by about 15 points. So those are my tips for this week. Don't forget that if you want to help out the podcast, it would be greatly appreciated to help make it kind of self-sustaining. Uh, anything that comes in goes right back into the podcast. You can visit the Buy Me a Coffee page or the Redbubble store page on my website. You, know, you want to get a sticker or two or a, uh, a shirt. And again, if you get one of the stickers, you know, show me a picture where you got it displayed, and I'll, I'll show it up on my social media as well. Love to be able to uh, to share that out with everybody. Uh, I hope you will consider sharing this episode and, and quite frankly, just the website with your friends and family, because they might find an episode or two that they find interesting that they want to go back and listen to from one of my earlier interviews. Uh, I do ask that you consider you know stopping by the website and giving me a review, yankonthefooty.com, or going to Apple Podcasts and doing that. It lets Apple know uh, in their analytics that they here's a here's a show worth uh having people check out and it may get suggested to people uh with more and more reviews that are there it allows me to also put them out onto social media so i can then say hey here's what somebody else thinks of my show you might enjoy this you might want to check it out as well okay and if you do that that would be a huge help i would greatly appreciate it remember on the website at you can you can leave me voicemails like you heard earlier from Liberty Rob and from Tony Davis and I uh I don't think I mentioned earlier but uh Tony I interviewed him in an er- earlier episode uh he's the son of uh a D's legend Frank Davis and I'm nailing down a time here in the next couple of weeks to sit down with the two of them for an interview so it's going to be a father and son interview you know Tony being the the, uh, the lone sibling in his family that that supports the D's, Dad went to work in the front office at Hawthorne afterwards, and his, his siblings became Hawthorne supporters. So looking, looking to get that one in here in the next uh, week or two, getting that scheduled. So you can leave a voicemail there. You can Like I said, you can leave a review. You can check out my blog there. You can also sign up for the mailing list so when a new episode does come out, I'll send you the link as soon as it gets uh published so you can take a look at it early or take a listen to it early if you'd like to do so. Or you can wait till it shows up on uh Twitter or on uh Facebook or on the website itself. Now folks, those of you in Victoria, I hope, I hope that the uh lockdown is ending for you soon. I, I'm I'm sorry that you're having to deal with what you're having to deal with. It this it's it has got to be so frustrating. Don't hesitate to reach out to your friends. Uh, Keep in touch with them. Talk to them. Let them know that you're okay. Find out if they are okay. Because, you know, this, as we're seeing, folks, we're all in this together, okay? Whether it be in Australia or in the United States or in India or in Europe or some other place that we won't mention, because we don't want to get uh, um, we don't want to get ourselves uh, into any kind of hot water for mentioning them but uh, we're all in this together and we're trying to get through this we're trying to get past this we're trying to make it safe for people to do what they want to do but take care of yourselves take care of each other okay I sound like Jerry Springer here and I definitely don't want to be doing that If you're in the uh, in the in Australia you've probably never heard of Jerry Springer Uh, Jerry Springer is a talk show host that uh, goes out of his way to destroy people's lives who are pretty good at destroying them on their own. And uh, it's kind of what they call train wreck television. So enough about that, folks. Take care of yourselves. And until next time, as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will talk to you very soon. And don't forget to check out my interview with Orville Gibson. Part one of that is out. Part two will be coming out here in the next couple of days. I hope you check that out. I hope you enjoy it. It was a lot of fun. And again, the second part of this interview is fascinating because events happen in the family tree of Orville that could have changed what transpired in the 20th century.
1: Okay? Talk to you soon, folks. Bye-bye.